0: Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Heidi. Hi, I'm Heidi. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi, Hi, everybody. Um, Wow. Okay. Um, Welcome to our new people and our less than 30-day people. Um, Let's see. I want to also give a welcome to anybody listening online. Um, There are many, many parts of this country, rural and otherwise, where there is not the kind of robust OA recovery that there is here in Southern California. Um, I happen to live in one of those places now, and so um, it is really a service like this um, that's really quite, quite amazing, and so I want to give a special welcome to those of you that are listening, um, and really just give a warm welcome to you, because I know it can be um, challenging to live in areas where there aren't a lot of meetings. All right, so... Um, I'm suddenly very nervous um so what what it was like what happened and what it's like now um, thank you for the people that asked me to be here this evening um, really really an honor to be to be here tonight and to share with you all. Um, I am seventeen years abstinent as of february twenty eight so someone said, "Well, what if there's a twenty ninth?" You know, and there was this year. I was like, "Oh, I get to binge on that day." <laughs> no, thank you, God. That I didn't even I didn't even entertain that. But um, I love loopholes, you know. So, okay. So, um, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, I came into my first Overeaters Anonymous meeting in nineteen ninety three. I my abstinence birthday is February twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five. So I'm just just over 17. Um, I think I'll maybe talk about some numbers because I'm always curious about numbers. And get the, some of those out of the way. So those are the numbers of when I came in. Um, I was very young when I got here. I'm um, almost 39, so I was like 20, when I got here, and. Um, What else? Oh, my body. Uh, For those of you listening, I know it's hard because you can't see. Um, Today, I I have a uh, normal, healthy body that most of the time I'm um, at peace with. Um, When I came in, that was not the case. Um, I was um, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of... uh, I don't know my exact weight, but I was definitely in the maybe 150s, 160s. I was not obese, but I definitely was very cuckoo and hated myself. So... um, so, as a child, I definitely compulsively overate, but I didn't, have, I didn't have language for that. I mean, I didn't have that kind of language. I just knew when I went to somebody's house, a, a little friend's house, and their mom said, um, do you girls want a snack? And my friend said no, I panicked and freaked out. I mean, I... the. The the concept of, like, saying no to a food was, um, to any food, was completely lost on me. And when I heard people say, that's too salty, that's too sweet, or I'm full, um, none of those. Those were all entirely lost on me. Um, And you know how food at other people's homes can be, like, really sexy? You know, like, I don't know, it's, like, different or new, you know. So I really, as a little kid, I remember going to other people's homes and really feeling like, oh, wow, they've got all this really exciting food. Um... I was not a heavy kid, but I definitely was an, an obsessed kid um, with with food, and um, I didn't know why. And, and I can tell you that it was not born out of um, it was not born out of reality. In as much as I don't come from a background where there was actual um, a, where there was actual scarcity of food. Like I, you know, very middle upper class. I mean, I, only kid. You know, I mean, there's plenty of food. I do know people whose story it truly is their story that there was not enough food in their lives. Um, that was not my story. My story is I just wanted more, and I didn't know why. Um, and I could regale all of you with, you know, as many of you could get up here and do the same thing, with, you know, really sort of heartbreaking stories from my childhood in terms of um, things that went on um, that were that were really, you know, sort of awful. And um, for a long time when I came in the program, you know, I had to look to my childhood or look to those things as um, as to why I was a compulsive overeater. And for today, I don't know why I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I don't know if the, the experiences of my past or my childhood were what made me a compulsive overeater. I, I don't really think that's, that's it. Um, it may have contributed to it in some way. But um, anyway, so um, then I entered puberty, and no surprise, like most young girls, I sort of or many, I sort of went from lean to rounder. And there were people around me, adults around me, that that, um, for whatever reason were nervous about that or had some kind of energy around my body changing. Um, And not like loving, oh, your body's changing energy. Like, you're getting fat and we have to do something about it kind of energy, you know. Um, And then... You know, I basically am a binger and a starver and a compulsive exerciser. I mean, I don't, I don't, um, I'm not sure that my, what it was like is much different than, than any of yours. Um, I'll just sort of fast forward to, bef- excuse me, before I came into the rooms, um, I was actually, I was living in Southern California, I was living in San Diego, and um, I was living with some family that were very generous, actually, to sort of take me in, excuse me, Mm-hmm. And I, was, I had a job. Um, I was stealing from my employer on a regular basis um, I, because I deserved it, right? You know, I, they didn't pay me enough. I had to take from them. Um, I was sort of going to a community college and sort of not. Um, I, I was dating a guy that just had a little drug dealing business on the side, you know, um, and I was really miserable, and I was, a, I was a young woman, uh, very, very young, and um, people would meet me, older people, of course, people like in their 30s or whatever, these um, old people, and um, they would say things like, you know, this is the best time of your life, and you have the whole world's yours, and, 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 um, and I just thought, you know, I am alternately homicidal and suicidal. Like, this does not feel like this big, beautiful world to me with all kinds of opportunities um, at all. I, I mean, I, I, I was, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, binging, um, just very painful, just very painful. It didn't feel exciting and like, wow, I'm just reveling in my youth. Um, I mean, I, I, in fact, on the cusp of 40, I feel younger than I did at 20. Frankly, whatever that means. So, um, okay. So, what happened? I, I um, got to my first meeting in 1993. It was either August or August or September, sort of late summer. And um, and what happened? My first meeting was a very large meeting. This was this was in San Diego, as I said. It was a large meeting, and I, I called the the number, the OA number, and I got the information, and um, and it was packed, it was packed, and it was packed with men. And um, for any of you that have been around OA for a while, that's unusual, all <laughs> right. I mean, you know, it, that, just more or less, it's unusual. A um, lot of men, and, and it had, like, theater-style seating and, um, and a podium like this, sort of intimidating. And um, Anyway. It was a place called the Oasis. I don't know if anybody's familiar with the Oasis. Way back when down in San Diego, but um, get it, Oasis. Okay. So um, it was a place dedicated to OA meetings. There were meetings there, morning noon, and night. Um, I basically went inpatient to the Oasis when I came into the program. So it was filled with men, and I, you know, and, and it just had this big. Um, energy in the meeting, and they said, you know, are there any newcomers, and, and I raised my hand, and, and I walked up, and I got a newcomer's chip, and um, I was like pretty freaked out, you know, I wasn't like, oh, I'm home, I love these people, you know, I was like, what is going on here, this is very strange, um, but I, what I heard at that meeting, um, and I'd gone to some of the commercial diet plans and stuff, and those are fine if you have the power to apply them, I mean, I certainly didn't, you know, um, was I heard people doing with food what I was doing with food, and and they weren't doing it. And they were laughing about it, and they were hugging each other, and they were having a good time. And so uh, a woman shared about, you know, throwing something in the garbage and then taking it back out, and that she wasn't doing that anymore. And, 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 um, those, those were the kinds of things I did. No, 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 I'm not going to eat this, throw it in the garbage, cover it with garbage, you know, this routine, you know. Yeah. Well, that's not so bad, you know, go back, sort of, you know, brush it out, you know. Um, all of that just really dark, insane, painful behavior with food. So, um, turns out, in San Diego, and maybe other places, I don't know, at the time, um, there were, there were shipping in Navy guys, like the fat Navy guys They were bringing to these meetings. So I guess if you hit a certain weight um, in the Navy in the early 90s, you, they sent you to OA. And so that's why there were, like, all these guys there. Um, so, which is fine, I, you know. But so then there was a break. It was 90-minute meetings back in the day. I don't know if any of you remember. There, like, meetings were 90 minutes. And uh, there was a coffee break. Uh, and, of course, I was terrified. I was like, oh, what do I do? And uh, I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I was nervous. And... Um, so I went into the, like, little coffee room, and I think I got a little cup of coffee or something, and I was mobbed, you all. I was just mobbed at this meeting, by both men and women, by the way, um, as if I was a celebrity. I mean, I just, people were just, like, coming up to me and handing me, I don't know if any of you either have them or have seen them, like, little, like, business cards, like, keep it simple, Jane S., with her phone number, you know what I mean? Like, like, the little 12-step handout cards. Okay, thank you. Somebody knows what I'm talking about, you know? And people are, like, trying to hug me and everything, and, um... And, you know, it was so funny, like, I love that, because basically I am the center of the universe, right? So, I mean, it's like, oh, you acknowledge that. You know, everybody gets it in this room, you know. No, I mean, it was wonderful. It was so wonderful to get, you know, sort of all this attention, and I felt incredibly uncomfortable and really, really vulnerable, and I just wanted to leave, you know. Um, and this one man um, came up to me, and he said, you know, you don't have to live like you're living anymore. You know, you don't have to live like you're living anymore, you know, welcome home or something like that. Um, And I felt like I was standing there with no clothes on. Like, I was like, how do you, how do you know? You know, how, how can you know that? You know, and um, I didn't say any of this. This was all in my head. So, that was my very first OA meeting, and I feel enormously grateful to have stepped into such a strong, robust, newcomer-centered, step-centered, heavy Navy guy-centered um, meeting, because it was definitely, it had a lot of really, really great energy, and as I said, I kind of went impatient you know, I had very little going on in my life, other than this kind of, sort of business person, I was <laughs> seeing, um, and, um, I just did air quotes, by the way, if you're listening, <laughs> um, um and, you know, I was, anyway, I was just, I was such, I was such a mess, and um, I, just, I, I just went to meetings all the time, all the time, and, and I I went in the morning, and, it, and there was at noon, and there was night, and I went on the weekends, and I just surrounded myself in a way. Now, I didn't get abstinent, by the way, and I didn't um, didn't work any steps. That just seemed entirely in, too inconvenient for me, you know, And um, and I, I mean, I wanted to eat the way I was eating, and I, but I didn't want to be in so much pain, right, and, and that's welcome if that's where you are tonight, you know, I just, I, I, I didn't want to stop doing the things I was doing, really, um, but I didn't want to be in as much pain as I was in, um, so, and what started happening, lo and behold, is the, um, the people I came in with, right, like the class of, as they say, the people I came in with, um, their lives were starting to change, you know, the women particularly, their lives were starting to change. And, of course, what got my attention, no surprise, is weight loss, right? So that, that, you know, like, you're losing weight, you got my attention. You know, I'm, you know. Um, but people were sharing in meetings, people I was going to all these meetings with about, um, you know, letting go of relationships that were toxic or not healthy for them and um, working steps and having a sponsor and eating in saner ways for them and um, leaving jobs or getting new jobs or... Um, you know, just all the wonderful possibilities that, that happen through recovery, or that can happen through recovery. You know, of course, I, I deeply resented this, because I thought, well, all these things should be coming to me as well, and, you know, they weren't. Well, I wasn't actually doing any work, so. Um, and I would ask someone to sponsor me, and then she'd hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm very sensitive, and if you hurt my feelings, then I have to reject you, and I, then I had, can't go to the same meeting that you go to, and I have to, you know, all that dance, all that newcomer dance, right? So, um, So what happens? So... Um, you know, I'm in search of you know the muffin that's as big as my skull every, on a daily basis, and you know i'm just in I'm just in terrible pain, I'm eating and I'm binging and I'm trying to starve um, and compulsively exercise and it's just it's just really a mess um, and I did all the driving around from place to place and um, uh, the lying the stealing, you know all all of that stuff so. I moved up to Los Angeles. This is in 1994. And I continued to go to OA meetings. You know, I was like, uh, my sponsor says it's like the mafia. You know, once you're in, you know too much. And um, OA, you know, OA kind of ruined my eating in a way, right? It kind of like, it kind of messed me up. Um, so then I was like, what do they say? A head full of program and a belly full of food. Um, I don't, I'm not really entirely sure that I had a head full of program. But in any event, you know, I, I certainly was coming to meetings and, and some of it was soaking in. Um, what is it? If you want relief, go to a meeting. If you want recovery, work the steps. So, so what happened? So I, I move up here and I continue to go to meetings. And um, and there's a woman that I'm I'm very interested in, who I'm seeing at these all these different meetings. And she is just perky as can be, and she has blonde hair, and um, is is just gives you know really wonderful shares, and seems so comfortable in her own skin, and um, just is talking to people and hugging people, and um, I just you know really just. I just felt like I saw her everywhere, and, and, um, and you know, no, probably, surprise to any of you, I, I pretty much hated her, right, <laughs> like, I, you know, I hate you, no, um, I, you know, I didn't, but I was still also so attracted to her, you know, she had what I wanted, but of course I didn't, I had to reject it because I was afraid, or whatever, you know, who knows, so one evening um, in 1995, early 1995, I went up to her after a meeting, this is Harvard Street, if anybody's familiar with that. And um, I said, hi, you know, probably maybe not really, um, but would you sponsor me? And she said, um, yes, call me tonight. And I thought, well, isn't that sort of jumping the gun? Like, <laughs> I thought, like, like this night you want me to call you? <laughs> like, this one? You know, the meeting ends at like 7.30, you know, but, you know. <laughs> anyway, and she's like, yeah, this one. And, um, you know, I don't know, I, I, I can't tell you, well, I can tell you, but I, I, I'm not sure I can fully capture it. What happened? Why, at that moment, with that particular woman, I was just willing to do what she said? It turns out this woman um, at the time had, like, like, five years sober in AA and four years abstinent in, um, in AA. Or in OA, rather, excuse me. And, um, anywho, so, uh, it just, I just did what she said, you know. And, and by the way, the thing that she... Um, told me to do and the path that we sort of commenced together was um, very simple. I mean, it was get two meetings on time and extend your hand to the newcomer and put some money in the basket and stay until the meeting's over and fold up the chairs and get a commitment and um, work steps. And um, she just was so loving and also very firm. And it was like, I just, just it was such a great, for me, introduction. Uh, not introduction since I'd been around, but really a, a, a wonderful way to begin um, my, really what my, my journey, I guess my recovery journey, um, not, not begin it, but begin it in a, in a newer, um, more kind of rigorous way. And what happened? Gosh, I have a lot of time. Um, so she moved away, um, you know, cause her life took her to different places and I asked someone to sponsor me. And so, and I've actually been with that woman since then. So that's probably I don't know, 16 some odd years I've had the same sponsor, um, yeah, it's been a long, long, long time. So, um, I'm sort of stymied. So, okay. So, what happened? So, she moved away. I got this new sponsor, and you know, then here I am tonight. No. Um, <laughs> so, a lot of life has happened in the last, you know, 17 years, and and um, and even more than that if you want to go back to to '93. Um, you know, I am abstinent today. Um, I have had periods of time in my recovery where I have, like, loved OA. And I've been on um, committees. And I've organized things. And I've been of service. And I've gone to lots and lots of meetings and sponsored dozens of women and... and. um and just been very, very active, and I'm so grateful for those periods. And there's other times where it's like, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't really like OA, or I don't like the people, or what do they say if, if you don't have any resentments at anybody in the meetings, you're not going to enough meetings, you know? Like, we um, <laughs> are human, right? You know, you know, we're not all going to, like, love each other. So, um, I mean, the fact that addicts can come together and get better is just extraordinary. Uh, it's just bizarre. So, but we do it, right? Uh, we can help one another in ways that non-addicts can't, or overeaters. Um, so, so okay, so I've loved OA, I've not been crazy about OA, but I've just kept coming back, I've just kept coming back. Um, and a lot of things have happened, a lot of life that I've abstained through, um, in terms of, you know, the kind of different things that happens in one's life. I, I finished an undergraduate, I finished a graduate degree, um, through, you know, in abstinence, in recovery, I, um, I got married, Um, I purchased a home, I got a divorce, (laughs) um, I sold a home, you know, like, I have had, um, a day at a time, life, in these past 17 years, and, um, I've been carried through just a day at a time, a meal at a time, with all of you, and with the steps, and with the traditions, um, because that's what we do here, We, we just carry one another through, and, um, I guess oh gosh. Okay. So, so what is it like now? What's it like now? So, um I made a decision uh, with God and my fellows and, and steps and everything and some professional outside help. Um, four years ago to move, I left the Southern California area. I left Los Angeles and I moved to rural Ohio. Um, and, um, you know, as far as i was concerned, that was a flyover state, right? Like, you know, I'm not, like, you know, like, not actually, actually going to live in a place like that. You know? um, but my higher power, um, you know, took me there, you know, and, um, and it's been quite an amazing journey, Um, and I, I do miss Southern California in many ways, and particularly the really active, engaged, wonderful OA recovery that is, that is available here, Um, but there are other, you know, there are other things I went for, Uh, so I, I happen to get married again, um, and have a kid, um, and there are, there are actually no OA meetings in my area. Um, so I started one, because, like, that's what we do, right? We, like, you know, I, resentment in a coffee pot? No. Um, no, it was really a, a desire. You know, I really wanted to start one. And, um, and, you know, there have been times when people have come and times when people haven't come. And, and I... Um, so this meeting, in terms of being online, and there, there are other tools. I also, um, once a week, I drive one hour south to a larger city, Columbus, Ohio, um, and, and attend a meeting there, and um, it's about three and a half hours for the night, um, and that's that's to get to w- what I would consider a really wonderful um, meeting once a week. And I'm sponsoring women back there, which is really wonderful. You know, I'm able to, to pass, um, carry the message, I hope, to to other um, Compulsive readers who are, you know, struggling or want recovery. Um, holy mackerel! Okay, I'll, I'll, um, I'll just share a story. I don't know, if it might be of interest to some of you, maybe not. Um, I don't weigh myself. Uh, that's just not something. I mean, I. Well, let me say, I've had freedom from weighing myself. There were times when, when the scale was, you know, I was always on it, and it was very, um, powerful and and. For many many years, thank you God, I don't I don't weigh myself, and um, so I got pregnant, which was I was very grateful for that opportunity. And um, I, if you have had that experience, you often go to the doctor and they weigh you all the time, all the time. You know, it's like every 48 hours you feel like you're being weighed. Um, and so I always turned around. You know, I said and I said to my doctor um, and my care providers, I said, if there's something I need to know, tell me. You know, but otherwise I don't. I don't know, so I don't know what I weighed when I got pregnant. I don't know what I weighed during my pregnancy. I don't know, you know, any of that. Um, and that's not because I'm some kind of like super spiritual guru. I just like I'm cuckoo in the head, right? Like I don't like I don't need that information. It will just do a number on me. Um, it, the journey itself is weird enough, so I don't need to add that element to it. So. Um, Long story short, um, I go into labor, and I'm having this baby, and I get to the hospital, and um, the nurse says, you know, oh, honey, so what did you wait your last um, appointment? And I said... I I don't know she goes oh honey you have to remember what was it I go no no I haven't forgotten it's not information that I've actually forgotten it's information that I don't have and thank goodness there was a a woman there with me who made up a number which I thought was of course I was sort of offended by the number she made up but uh, you know she's ridiculous wildly self-centered right of course um So, anyway, so you know, I just I have a lot of I I guess I have a lot of experiences, um, a day at a time, you know, uh, uh, of 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 abstaining through all kinds all kinds of life, and it's the steps, and it's all of you, and um, it's the it's the commitment that I have to this to this way of life, and it doesn't always look pretty, you know. There are definitely periods of time where I have um, been, you know, very clumsy, and you know, I've hurt people, and I've certainly been hurt by people, and Um, it's not always been so graceful, you know. Um, another thing I'll just share, since evidently I'm all over the place. Um, I was in these rooms about six years, maybe seven years, and I was sharing a lot about uh, some situations, some issues I was experiencing. And one day after a meeting, a very wonderful woman who, long-term abstinence, sort of pulled me aside and said, um... You know, I've been hearing you share about these things, and um, I go to this other program to um, to deal with those to to deal with those kinds of issues and i, I that other program really helps me. Um, and I, of course, I was very offended because you know I, I, because I'm just arrogant right <laughs> whatever I was just and but it planted the seed and and I, I won't talk much about that because that's not what I'm here to talk about, but I did have the experience of going into another program and getting relief. From other issues in that other program, and I I share that because I, I, being abstinent gives me a chance to uncover things, right? What is it? Discover, un- wait, uncover, discover, discard. Yeah, okay, thanks. Um, you know that that I can then go if if always not the right place or the appropriate place to go to other places, and that might include another program, that might include some outside help, and I'm so I'm so grateful for that um, to to. That my abstinence affords that clarity most of the time to to um, you know get get the help I need or or, or extend my hand or reach out my hand to, for help when um, when or if I, I need it in in all kinds of situations um, food um, uh, you know relationships money. Um, Parenting, professional, you know, all, all, all areas. I get a lot of, I get a lot of support here, um, and I'm always astonished. Like, I of course I think I'm so unique and the things I'm going through or whatever are so special just to me. And um, I find when I open my mouth and I, sh- I share about something, I, I, I invariably I get something back from someone else um, sharing something in their own experience that that is similar. Um, so. Do I really have to talk for another 20 minutes to take questions? Okay. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm like stunned. I'm not sure what to say. Um, but I think if I had like three years, I I, I was like, – at three, I knew everything, by the way. So <laughs> 17 turns out I know very little. Um, but, but I'm just – I'm really very, very grateful to be here. Um, thank you all for coming tonight. Thank you to this group for broadcasting or podcasting, whatever – showed my age, whatever the um, word is, you know, this meeting, because it really is such a valuable um, service to so many out there that are really in, um, you know, just environments where, where OA recovery um, is, is very sparse. And um, I, I am now one of those. I also will just make the offer, as it were, whether it's via questions or after the meeting. Um, I am more than happy to talk about my food. I don't think it needs to be talked about at the podium, like, specifically. But I know for me, like, with my sponsor and other people that I trust in the program, like, I really want to know specifics of what they eat. Not not the broad strokes, but, like, what... Because I, you know, I, I... that helps me. That helps me. Um, not from a compare and despair standpoint, but from, from a recovery standpoint. So if you, if you have questions or are curious, maybe you're not, about what I eat um, or what I abstain from, you know, I'm certainly happy to share that. I think that's how, that's how or one of the ways we can, we can recover. My disease loves the um, the bag. You know, I love being just kind of vague, like, hey, a little too much, you know, or that's a little this or, you know. Um, so I'm really, I'm, I'm so happy to to share. Um, I also want to thank, there's some people that came here this evening um, because they knew I was speaking, and I'm really touched that they made that that extra effort to be here tonight. That, that feels very special. Um, and I'll just close with this, um, I guess, and then open it up for questions. Um, I heard once in a meeting, there are actually three pitches you give. There's um, there's the one you plan, right? Mm-hmm. You know all the brilliant, wonderful, insightful, deep things that I was going to share with you all. Um, there's the one you give on the drive home. You know all the things, and all the things <laughs> you didn't say. Oh, oh I didn't oh, that. Didn't saw that. You know. Oh no. You yeah. um, know. And then there's the one that actually happens. <laughs> so that's the one that you all have heard. So um, I'm very grateful mm-hmm. to be here this evening, and I guess we'll open it up for questions. okay Okay, so the question is about my food plan and then the level of surrender Um, I eat basically three meals a day with nothing in between I do eat a snack um, if there's going to be more than about six or seven hours between a meal I don't believe that for me my food or my food plan is not about starving myself you know because often when I get to that next meal if I'm too hungry then I'm like nuts I'm insane you know because I'm too hungry you know my body's like Um, and how did I get to that level of surrender you know um, pain is a great motivator for me. I mean, I I, I don't um, wake up in the morning and necessarily say, I'm going to seek a spiritual path today, you know? Like, I just don't. That's not really my knee-jerk reaction. Um, I... Um, uh, let's see, how did I get to that surrender? I mean, I, I could say step work and God, but really it's when, you know, my clothes start getting tight and I have to get honest about what's what's really going on. Like, um, you know, pants that go to the dry cleaners don't shrink, you know, um, That's which is such a bummer, but they don't, you know, and um, and what that what am I afraid of or what am I avoiding in my heart or in my mind or in my life that I'm eating the excess food over? Because um, there's usually something there—some pain, some wound, some resentment, some grief, some um, something—you know—and it's it's hard to change food, right? Like I don't know, it's difficult to to get on, for me. I'll speak for me to get honest about my food, um, and but the gifts on the other side. Um, are usually really pretty immense, you know. That's just my experience. The gifts of freedom or the gifts of um, clarity to to that 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 food was all muddling up. Um, and often it's I don't you know I'm not that keen on my higher powers will. So I, if I kind of yeah. eat it a lot or eat you know greasy, salty, fatty, whatever, um, it definitely kind of dulls that channel, you know. I, I, and frankly, I think sometimes I kind of like that, you know. I want I don't it's, it's um, it's uh, it can be it can be a little frightening or daunting to to, to have that clarity, but it's always it's always been um, the benefits have always been been amazing. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question, but thank you thank you for asking it. Others, sure, that's a great question. The question is, can I say something about my relationship with my higher power over time? Absolutely. I first came into the rooms, um, you know, very much like well, the God stuff like freaked me out and. Um, I thought, you know, the kind of opiate of the masses, and I w- didn't sort of buy it, right? I was like, no, 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 like I need to figure out how to eat and get thin, right? Thank you very much, um, and I'll be out of here. You know, I'm not, I'm not interested in in spirituality or changing my life. Um, I mean, there must have been a part of me that had that longing. I mean, without a doubt, um, but it certainly was buried uh, deeply um, with food and probably excess weight and fear, frankly. Um, But what I could, over time, what I could um, adopt, as it were, is that I knew that something magical was going on in these rooms. Something really amazing when a group of compulsive overeaters got together and shared and read some things and said certain things and held hands and shook them like this. And, you know, there was something going on that was really amazing. And so I, that was kind of my first leap. Like, well, the group is a a power greater than myself. Um, And then over time, you know, it's taken all different kinds of forms. When I say forms, I mean just images in my mind. You know, for a while, um, you know, there's maybe something in nature that I found very comforting. Um, And someone said, well, you know, go down to the ocean and, and, and tell the waves to stop, you know. If you can do that, maybe you know. Maybe you're the higher power, you know. Um, and you know, it's sometimes it's been more feminine in nature, and you know, I mean, so it's just sort of take over over time. It's taken different, um, different uh, forms. I'm not. Some people are. I'm not guided by any. Um, like religious tradition, like, and I know some people in the rooms come in and uh, sort of readopt that or re- rekindle that relationship with that previous faith or faith journey. Um, that's that hasn't been mine, um, but but um, I'm very grateful for today to to be in a place of um, I guess sort of comfort and maybe acceptance with higher power or or, or God um, as a as a source um, for me. For sort of all areas of my life, if that makes sense. So, but I didn't come in like, hurrah, God, yay! I get it, I love it. You know, it was, it was, it was, um, it was a struggle. But what? But my life seemed to work. My life and my food seemed to go a little more smoothly as I, um, you know, began working the steps and into came to believe in all of that. So I was, I was willing to to go there. Um, and and then of course the benefits were, were extraordinary. So thank you. Okay. Yes, sir. Sure. What you to go on. Yeah. Thanks for asking that question. Um, we're talking cornfields, cows, cornfield. You know, it's, it's wonderful and weird where I live. Um, so the other day. This might sound like it has nothing to do with your question, but it does. Did I did I repeat it? No. Oh, okay. Sorry. The, the, the question is, what the, talk about some of the challenges of maybe living in a place without a robust recovery OA community. Okay. Um, the other day, I I just got into town and I went and had lunch with someone at a restaurant here in the LA area. Um, and it was like it, this. It was kind of a market. I'll just say it was like a market with the restaurant in it. Okay they all get it, right? um, and it was, like, food porn in there, I was just, like, oh, my gosh, I mean, it was unreal, um, the, the, um, options of food, and, um, it was just, it was, it was a little intense, and I said to this friend that I was having a meal with, who's also in recovery, I was, like, oh, my goodness, you know, where I live, like, There there aren't the varieties of the lookalikes, if that makes any sense. Like, they just... You're either eating a pie or you're not. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they don't have the blah, blah, blah with this and that, and you know. So, in that sense, it kind of is simpler. I mean, that's an oversimplification, but it really is. So, what's it like? Um, I... I um, talk to people on the phone, I'm in communication with people in, you know, sort of social media, or also um, by email, I go to my one meeting a week, I listen to this meeting quite frequently, um, I go to open AA meetings, um, and that's been really helpful, there's a big book study, uh, open big book study. I'm bummed I can't share, frankly, but I'm an alcoholic for today, so I don't share. Um, you know, and I'm really grateful, for me, I'm really grateful that I didn't move to a region like that, in my infancy of recovery. I'm really grateful for that. Not that I've, like, I've got it, and I'm all done, and, you know, woohoo, but I've, I feel like I have a really strong um, day-to-time, contingent upon my spiritual fitness, of course, um, recovery. So, does that answer your question? Yeah. But it's not for the fame at heart. I mean, it's, it's you want to get to know yourself, move to the middle of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> Sure, the question is, um, how did I come to my abstinence, and has it changed over time? Do you you mean, like, my food plan, like what I eat and what I don't eat? Yeah, I mean, how you define your abstinence? Sure, absolutely. And the interaction with your food plan. Right. Um, I love the big book. I love many things about the big book. Um, um, By the way, you all are welcome to come visit me. Um, I'm about an hour away from Dr. Bob's house, and the, um, what's it called, the Mayflower, the Mayfair, the hotel? Mm -hmm. Yeah same means Mayfair Mayfair Hotel yeah it's, it's an amazing place okay so um, you know I love, I love it when it says um, our hats are off to you if you can drink like a gentleman you know and there are certain foods that I can't eat like a lady I cannot eat sanely um, I don't I don't um, sort of break them into little pieces and then chew them you know um, and as my sponsor would say you know I'm uh, like break out the rain gear you know like I binge like I need to be covered in plastic from head to toe I, I um, and so it was fairly easy I don't say easy but I could identify the foods that I could not drink or eat excuse me like a woman or a lady um and it was primarily sugary stuff I mean that's that's primarily it you know the cookies the cakes the pies the candies the um I remember binging on candy bars in a public public bathroom stall you know I mean how sad is that you know what I mean like as if anybody cared that I was, eat. Do you understand? but I had so much shame mm-hmm. that I somehow couldn't just eat it out there. So I had to go into a bathroom and, and mm-hmm. shove them in my mouth, and so no one would see me. As if anybody cared. So, um, so uh, I eat pretty much everything, with the exception of those real high confectionery, sugary things. Um, and as people say, that you know, the road. This has been my experience, and it's been the experience of others, because I've heard them. The road gets more and more narrow, so I get greater clarity. So, like, I will discover a certain food item, um, and my husband will say, oh, we're having that again. Yes, we're having it again, you know? (laughs) And then a couple nights later, oh, we're having... Oh, you know, and it's like... You know, I kind of fall in love with certain things, you know, I, I, and, and and usually have to get honest about it. There's usually some ingredient or something in it um, that is not sane for me. Um, you know, read the labels, folks, or I'll speak that for me. You know, I was making this one dish all the time. Oh, it's so good. Yum, yum. Oh, it's so healthy. Duh, 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 you know, but I read some of the labels. Well, I mean, it was, it was pretty much dessert with some meat in it. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, so... Um, and as I get older, which in some ways I'm really not enjoying, um, I find that to maintain a sane weight, or what I would consider a sane weight, I actually have to eat less. And that's a bummer. And it is, it is the great fact for us. No, it, um, it is true for me. And I'm so grateful that I'm surrounded by women in the program who are also aging a day at a time in recovery. And we can talk about these things. We can talk about what a meal looked like once upon a time, vis-a-vis a certain body weight is changing um, and I don't like that that like my little corazon just breaks thinking about that but um, but that is true that is true for me you know it's, I have to to get honest about my food and I can eat what is it I, I love well, I won't say his name but you know I can eat whatever I want if I'm willing to um, have the consequences of that I mean I can eat whatever I want um, but I mean that's, I, that's what someone else says. but for me if I eat certain foods then I'm no longer abstinent does I answer your question? okay thanks other questions yes ma'am yeah that's a great question the question is um and i'll try to rephrase it i might not get it right but things sort of i wish i'd known so many years ago when i was new in the program that i would have said to my 20 year old self yeah um gosh i wish i could just go back and just hug that young woman and just love her and just say you know honey you're it's, it's all going to be okay. In fact, it's going to be better than okay. It's going to be fantastic, you know. And that the life journey ahead of you in recovery um, is, is, you know, it's bumpy, but it's really, really beautiful. Um, so I think it would be love. I think it would be love. You know, I wish I could sort of go back and um, be more kind to myself on that journey so and that's something I think every day I I strive to with the help of my higher power to if I'm you know if if I can be kind and loving to myself then I can be kind and loving to my fellows I don't know does that answer your question a little bit okay maybe not yes in the back yes steps six and seven um to have God remove all these character humbly ask them to be shortcomings um you know, I I I've worked one through five before I got there, so you know I, I certainly recommend that they're in uh, in order for a reason. Um, I'm not sure initially if I was ready to have God remove the defects of character. You know, if you've read any of the literature, you know it talks about the comfy slippers, and I don't want to get rid of the comfy slippers, and then it's the sort of who am I going to be without my sarcasm, or who am I going to be without gossip, or who am I, you know, and that's really scary, you know, sort of stripping away those defenses or those defects, Um, but as I've said, I think in other areas, you know, on the other side of that is such great freedom, and I actually had a situation today, and I won't, I won't share the details, where um, I was, I don't say confronted, that sounds sort of too strong, but I had the opportunity to look at some old behavior. Let's put it that way. And it was recommended to me basically to do a six and seven on that. Um... And and I'm so grateful that there's a tool, or there are tools and there are steps to, to work on them, those. And then to to remove the shortcomings, I mean, it says humbly, um, I think, as in so many areas of my life, that I have to will it. I have to, like, make it happen. I have to identify them and then get rid of them, you know, because um, I'm a doer and I can make things happen, you know. and um, And it's that they'll be removed. Um, that they'll be removed over time and probably removed in ways that I don't even expect, right? Like, I, I can't even anticipate exactly how or when they'll be removed or what they'll be replaced with. Um, so, I'm out of time. I'm so grateful to have spoken this evening and do I read anything now? Or? Okay. Thank you. <laughs>